There's trouble brewing out in front of the saloon. Hey, they're gonna fight me, Jill. Look at them. They're about to draw. I fired point blank. Watch this. Welcome to Good Anime Spotlight with our producer and me and Jay and Ethan. We're all here as friends together and we watched Redline and now yeah. I'm popped up on crack cocaine. My teeth hurt. Ugh. They itch. Uh, yeah, God they're itching. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Redline, just fantastic movie. We've seen it before. Ethan, this is your first time, right? It this is. is and oh my God, it's so good, dude. No. Oh. You know what? I will say before we get into this, Jay, I watched this with you mm-hmm. uh, the first time, and um, I think I appreciate it more the second time through. Yeah, oh, I think I, I think I just like it more now than I did the first time. Not that I didn't like it the first time, but I like it more now. So I think mm-hmm. that that speaks to the to how good this movie actually. I, I think is. the first time you watch it, it feels a bit more like a spectacle. You know. Like it, it just feels like one of those things where you're like, wow, that was that was really fun and really like it definitely a, did for me a whole lot of really great things, and I'm I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, it's like eating it's like eating a it's like eating a piece of fish, right? And you look at the label and you're like, god damn, Jesus that's got Christ, fifty that's got fifty this. grams of protein in it. That's so surprising this. to me. <laughs> wow, you know, you know, everyone uh, knows what sure, I'm sure, saying. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, everyone oh, knows because everyone, everyone yes. meticulously look at uh, looks at nutrition labels yes. or doesn't. Either way, ironically <laughs> enough. Yeah, everyone knows because of that. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. Anyone else want to talk about it first? Because otherwise I got, like, a base 30-minute rant I can go on. But it's mostly about <laughs> anime production. Because that's, okay. that's, the, that's the deeper level of this thing. Okay. Um, I don't know. Ethan, since it's your first time through, why don't you start? And then I'll jump in. And then Jay can jump in. And we'll go in. Who's seen it most? Who's seen it least? So I don't I don't really have any like major take here that I can tie all my thoughts together with. Um, maybe there's something underlying because you guys said that it's less about the spectacle the second time through. Um, the spectacle for me is absolutely what I got out of it. Um, it was gorgeous, uh, you know, both both in the dialogue being absolutely ludicrous at times and also just literally you know, a visual mm-hmm. level of gorgeousness that, I mean, I, there are very few things that do that. It also reminds me of uh, the old style of anime that I, I don't know how to classify this stuff, but it reminds me of an older version of anime where like there are weird characters in the background that have no explanation. You have no idea why they're there. Mm-hmm. They just simply exist um, to make the world feel weird and to make it feel big and lived in. Like there's a grandma uh, character. She just she just runs a store, and she like sells cigarettes to our main character, JP. JP, right? Yes. Sweet JP. Sweet JP. Um, Sweet JP. Okay. You better come get on. My bad. Sweet J- I said it. So anyway, he she sells him some like an open pack of cigarettes for like probably way too much money, and she just loses her mind because he's like trying to get a closed pack of cigarettes. She shows up one more time that I know of within the whole yeah. show, and it's to bet on Sweet JP. And like I don't know why she's there. Uh, like I maybe she maybe like she is actually like a a moment that's supposed to like teach our audience something. I don't know. I didn't catch it if that's the case. But that is something that I love about like old style anime like this 
is that there are just these weird fucking characters in the background. You don't know why they exist. They might be relevant. They might not. Either way, though, it does make the world feel like it's lived in. I don't um, know. I, I, I seem to, and maybe it's the second time through, but I think I enjoy it. You're right about the background characters, but what really got me about said background characters was that they actually, I noticed that they appeared a lot more in, in the anime itself. Like, instead of just the first scene, like, yeah. um, the, the old grandma lady that you're talking about, Ethan, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but when they're all, when the, all the miners are first starting to bet, you just, you have someone yeah, going. Yeah, there. Yeah, she was just there, and I didn't yeah. realize that the first time through, and then just all the miners coming in and leaving, and, and I don't know, like, every background character does have a purpose, and it's not just to be a one-off, it's at least you see them two times, you know, okay, and it kind of helps build the, build the scenario. And I think that means a lot more than just having like some guy in the background doing something funny. It's that they come back, and it's kind of for the same bit, but it's a little different. So, so for what it's worth, I, I think that's probably the dividing line between a good version of this and a bad one. Um, I don't remember the anime we watched. It was a very long time ago. Um, Gigu popped off about how it was like really weird and really cool. I remember they were living in a pocket oh, dimension, Dora. and they had masks. That Dora was it, Dora Hidora. And like, Dora Hidora, damn it. Did I get that Dora Dorhi Doro? Does anyone care? Doritos. That was the, that was so, the one we watched with like yeah. the weird ogre another, guy, another right? Yeah, yeah. By the way, of some like beloved overhyped thing just completely fading into the fucking background. Nobody gives a shit anymore. No, no season two, no clamor, no nothing. Like nobody fucking cares. That that's because that ultimately that's what like Gigg's job is. His job is to hype some fucking thing up. Something that's and terrible and never be remembered. That's what the entire anime yeah. community does. They're like, this is the greatest thing ever fucking made. And then they watch it for 10 minutes, and then it's done. And, and it's they gone. never talk about it it's again. It's totally gone. It, yeah. It's just so fucking disgusting. Well, wait, wait. So the reason why I brought up Dorito is just that that show has a plethora of characters that are weird, and you don't really understand why their designs are the way they are, but you try to put them into a box, but like it ultimately doesn't pay you off at all for attempting mm -hmm. to pay attention to those characters. Whereas like paying attention to these characters here is fun. And, like, you actually get to see them show up a couple of times, like the grandma betting on Sweet JP, like the miners having, like, a political strife against the robo-world that, like, it, it, it's just their own thing. They just hate being exploited, and they just go on a rampage because of it yeah. using their mining equipment to break things. That's fucking awesome. Um, I The the kid, the kid with the dad that the very beginning of the movie where he's like, Dad, you're going to miss it. Take the lens cap off the camera. You got to, like, watch. They show up again later, too. Um, I don't think they get a speaking line though, but no. they do show up. Um, I remember them being at the racetrack at some point. So, so like, yeah. there is an, there's something to be gotten from these experiences. Like these uh, these characters are real. I'll say that this is actually kind of a Star Wars thing. Because um, this say is more. this is what like four, five, and six, and really what the only meaningful contribution that uh, George Lucas really made is that he would just put effort into these dumb worthless people in the background it later oh. turned out to be completely blow up in his fucking face when he would decide to give spin-off movies to every single last goddamn bar patron that has ever <laughs> appeared but like that's yeah. kind of the point you make all these fun because again that's really what george lucas was good for he liked making monster costumes and like a little monster alien people and he would just put them all over the fucking place so you walk into a fucking bar and every other alien is this like really crazy looking thing. And that's it. That's all it's there. It still feels like a cohesive whole and it's not too intrusive, but everyone's just kind of there doing their fucking thing. 
And that's what this feels a lot like. Like somebody put a lot of love and care into designing just a bunch of really one-off bits or just background characters. And that's all there is to it. And it really does help flesh out the world. Like as soon as we saw the kid with his dad at the beginning, I, at first I was like, I I was like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I don't know. We're like clearly being prologued a little bit here, like, you know, being set up. And then I started getting annoyed with the kid. And then the longer the kid was on screen, the more that I was like, no, this is fucking cool. Um, You know, I, I can tell what the stakes are here. People are really jammed up about this, regardless of what their their lives are like. This is what they come here for. And it all gets paid off for us when the cars go flying by and, like, the entire crowd goes perfectly silent. And then they all cheer. And, like, you know it's going to happen sort of like that, but the effect of it is very powerful that, um, like, everyone is awed. Like, you know, th- this kid might be the only one that's yelling and screaming, but everyone's excited. Yeah. That's not something that, like pisses people off i mean it'd be like if you brought a little kid to a race car track right now you know the adults might not be screaming their lungs out but people are fucking jazzed to see these cars everyone here is jazzed you're never going to get angry at this kid for being excited about the stuff you're excited about so yeah it's it's cool it, it fleshes out the world um anyway that was that was a huge tangent um yeah. but um yeah beyond that like i said it's gorgeous the the characters are fun um there's a fair amount of like fan service, but I don't mind the fan service that we're given because a it's like in equal parts. It's definitely not only women. Um, also, it is very aware that it's doing that fan service. Uh, I've laughed about this line several times since I guess last night. But there's there's a bit where um, shit. What's her name? Um, Cherry Boy Racer, something like that. Uh, so- Sonasi, Sonasi, yeah, Sonashi. Crab Sonashi. Okay, I, I, yeah, Crab Sonashi. I could not tell you what her real name is. I'm not gonna lie. Apparently, it's, it's, well, it's, it's Yeah, it's like hey, I don't know, Cherry Boy. That's just what I refer to. Sonashi as. Well, is whatever. apparently her real name. Yeah. Cherry Boy Hunter is just a nickname they gave her because she's hot, yeah. I guess. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, she didn't even know that it was her name. Well, yeah, she, she freaked out. She saw it on TV. Was like, they're calling me like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, like, why am I Cherry Boy? Jesus Cherry Christ, man. Yeah, like, that's a dumb name. I hunt down um, young boys and take their virginity. Yeah, is that what we're doing here? Is that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing people do? I don't think it's a thing. I hope it's not. Um, but anyway, yeah, so she at one point is watching the TV, and they're doing an interview on of her, and they, like, give this ass shot. And the the first thing I thought of when I saw this ass shot, I was like, well, fucking typical anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then immediately they turn around, and she previously was totally clothed, um, and now she is just topless. She still very clearly has pants on. And she sits down as she says, wow, nice ass shot of me, guys. And then you just <laughs> literally tits. see her boobs. Her, like, her boobs are completely out, nipples and everything. Her tits grew, like, eight sizes and then flopped <laughs> all over the screen. <laughs> Yeah. I just it's classic just fucking so... anime. Don't know how boobs work. Apparently, there's some matter compressors at work whenever somebody puts on a shirt. But I think that that was a joke they were doing on. Oh no, yes, no. Like in I, this you, case, you can't 100% be that on joke. Yeah, I mean, you in order to pull that off without doing it on purpose, you'd have to be obtusely unaware, even for anime. Um, but anyway, yeah, you get a lot of fan service for like both sides. Um, and also, the fan service isn't really out of place here because, like, this whole thing, at least for me and maybe the producer, it is a spectacle. Yeah. So, like, it's okay. These people are literally living their lives in, like, the craziest possible fashion. The The finish line for the ultimate race is spray-painted 
by a princess that can use magic from another world, and she spray paints it across the goddamn Capitol building of a country that, or of of like several of space several planets worth. Yeah, of space. Yeah, fine. Space. Actually, honestly, they're 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 painted up like as if they're Nazis. Like the the symbol yes. they have on their arm. Like yeah. it, I don't know why they made these guys Nazis. But they did. I, I guess they're just generically evil. Yeah. That but like they put the fucking finish line across their Capitol building, yeah, yeah. and then when they were like, "Oh God, we didn't plan ahead. We can't drive up the side of a vertical building." Talk about and a then the princess... diplomatic event. You're like, "Oh man, oh, yeah. you guys, there, there's a big Formula One race in South Korea. The North Koreans are pissed. Uh, we're gonna make the finish line Pyongyang, and we're gonna bomb it to make sure nobody interferes." <laughs> Jesus but I, Christ! But I also just like it, cool, it'd be dude. like it'd be it'd be like, "What are you gonna going, do?" Hey. Hey, Kim Jong-un, we're going to have the finish line be on your building. He's like, I will kill all of you. It's like, okay, but we're still going to do it. It's yeah, like, no, you it. can't do it. No, nope, uh, we're doing hey, it. Look, we're gonna, I'm going to kill every racer that comes out. <laughs> diplomatic event, diplomatic Send in the peacekeepers. <laughs> Whoops, and it we just, just, turns we just out invaded. The, U, the, the UN is just America in disguise because we just bombed North Korea in order to finish the race. That yep. was good. It was good, man. I loved it. I, they, like, the people in here literally collapse. <laughs> A several planet society just for the point of having a goddamn race. It's so fucking funny to me. Um, I don't know. There's so much to talk about in this. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it there for now. But I'm yeah, sure I mean, there I will mean, be more. Yeah, I just, a lot of the dialogue was funny. And my favorite one going back through that got me this time when I posted it so I would remember is they're going to violate our airspace with technology that only exists in theory. <laughs> I just think that's great. Yeah, uh, first of all, you're violating my country. Second of all, you shouldn't even be able to do it this way. Yeah, <laughs> the nerve of these people. I will slaughter every one of them. It's just so um, good. Did you guys catch the cosplaying line where they were like, I don't remember it exactly, oh, yeah. but it was something like, go take down those two cosplay pretending bimbos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> something like yep. that. Yeah, that yeah was it, was about the, it was about the sister from the, oh from the princess's God. planet. It was great. It was so uh, good. Laugh my he's ass like, off. They're, she's beating them up. Yeah, they're sitting. They're sitting in their robot the boobs, which is great. Yeah, but I, I just love the that they started using magic only to fight the robo world guys. Yeah, that, and the two race. pilots are like the two pilots are like worn out. The guy's like, "What? What are you doing? Just kill those cosplaying bimbos already? Are you serious?" Yeah, but they're uh, North Korea. They and the, the great thing is, is that we don't understand how completely outmatched they are in every way. <laughs> there's, there's again, even, like, like small... this is a diplomatic incident. This is just flexing is on yes. some like this is like it's even worse. It's like if there was an un uncontacted tribe in Australia, and we're like, nah, we're gonna make their huts our finish line. And then whenever <laughs> they tried to attack the racers, the racers just pulled out their guns and started shooting people. <laughs> you have yeah, sticks, what is, you I think idiot! Was... What are you gonna do? Bring There's out like Funky Boy, person. a.k.a. a single oh gun God, we Funky found boy. and tried to fix. <laughs> Oops, it broke. Funky boy. I just love, so I, I get that like if you, if you really span it, like the North Koreans would know that they have nukes. But I just love the idea that these miners are like, yeah, we know about this bioweapon and he's going to be angry. Let's wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to piss him off and then what open it. Like what do you? What was their end goal there? But I love it because that's exactly what a bunch of people who like are in mining suits and feel like they have to save the race might <laughs> yeah. just end up doing. Like mob mentality. Like, uh, what if we freed Funky Boy? I guess. <laughs> just go and <laughs> hey man, what else are we gonna do today? <laughs> what if we launch the nukes? Okay. I, <laughs> sure. We took, the, we took the nuke out for a walk. Uh, <laughs> 
Did you did you guys also laugh when they're fucking wait what the hammer of God that they have in space? They have this huge prep to make it sound so fucking cool, and then it just does nothing the first time. And they're like, "Hold on, yeah, we got to reuse that asset though. <laughs> We're going to use it later on. It'll totally work just fine." <laughs> and they just literally replayed that exact same scene too of like the power up moment. This time it just went off. You know, like it's. Just, Okay, yeah, uh, and, and with that, I just love that two of the racers were the ones to go up and deactivate it the first time. Oh, my God, yeah. But also, yeah. I don't think Admiral Titan, or whatever his name is, like, leaves his hollow chair by, in between <laughs> recharges. Like, his head is still no, inside his pixel you. block. He's just sitting there. He's like, I don't need to move. This thing will recharge in are two you, hours. Are I'll you hang saying out. that he's not a go-get-em? <laughs> he's not a hard just, hair? He just sits there. So, well, someone's got to watch this i'll be the guy well yeah. you're just oh, watching sure. paint dry it's gonna dry on its own no i gotta make sure <laughs> he's gotta watch yeah, it you know, for sure <laughs> you know we do know for sure the guy isn't in the military though because another funny hilarious moment is when the colonel who apparently leads the entire military uh, military the robot yeah, colonel world, volton yeah mm -hmm. volton he gets like spurned right mm -hmm. and they're like are you just gonna take that and he's like no activate every single member of robo world's military and do you mean every member like, or just everyone? like just a like, few of us God dang it! I mean everyone. I said everyone. Everyone. I think that's kind of true because you know when someone of that power might say everyone, he might just mean like all active members or yes. all squad yeah. leaders. He's like, no, God dang! I mean everybody. If you can walk, you're getting in a ship no, it, right it's, now. Yep. It's literally what's his face from the professional. That that. Oh, line. you're right. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Greg. Yeah. Um, damn it, Olson. Gary. Uh, yeah, Gary yeah. Olson. I was gonna say Greggles in the tight end. Okay, it's interesting. Anyway, yeah, Gary yeah, he's Olsen. he's into acting. Gary Oldman, you mean? Oh, Oldman. That, I was close. I was closer than either of you. No, we're not gonna do this again. Gary Oldman. Okay, Martin Short. Are we gonna do that again? God dang it. Yeah. Oh my God, the Martin <laughs> Short. Um, but yeah, there's so uh, many moments though. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Just... There's so many moments in this 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 fucking movie where you're. It's constantly well when racing when there's like a race going on. The action just like never stops, right? And they will sometimes cut away for these deadpan moments. And that was one of them, where you're talking to Colonel Volton or Voltron or whatever, Volton. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you mean like everyone, dude? Like, and you, you just get blasted by these these dead moments, these dead moments air that is so funny. And the, the other one that always stands out, <clears throat> excuse me, is um when the Robo World guys are just like, oh, fuck this dude, they're too fast. And then just stop. Like they're in the middle of the final race, and this entire time the Robo World dudes are chasing them. Well, and don't, like, don't forget the Robo World dude who's just like, "No, I'm in the race now." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. officer, <laughs> I know <laughs> I can <laughs> win Formula One. I know I can win the Indy Five Hundred. You are an officer of the law. Get your <laughs> cruiser off of the race. racetrack. But I, I can to. win, boss. I have to. Well, I also <laughs> like. I didn't notice the first time, but his name is is uh, like Little Dezuna. And the, and then two two guys before him, he mentions Big Dezuna, and yeah. I just didn't realize that oh, was a thing. Um, but what I what I truly loved was the the kind of slow progression of how many fingers and cocaine can fit in the mob man's mouth. Oh my god! While he's so talking, funny, because yeah, it just starts Holy out as one. He's like, "Hey, yeah, you think he's gonna do it?" And it's like two. And then in the final scene, he's just got this girl <laughs> with like six fingers in his mouth, <laughs> like two girls just. And he's like. 
uh, okay, listen, you think your sweet JP's really going to It's like, what are you? He's got you perfect mean? dental hygiene. Much, what do you mean? Yeah, he was, it's like he's at the dentist, and, like, the dentist is in his mouth, the dental assistant is in his mouth. Someone <laughs> come from, like, the waiting room puts a foot inside this man's mouth, and it's pretty, all Coke. I'm pretty sure Scarface would be like, hey, slow down, buddy. Like, you're, it's yeah, going to be okay. Look, two eight balls are fine, but, dude, you, you got to get it under control. Oh man, I or just even like again, even small things in this this movie are funny. Like whenever uh the mob boss is like clearly starting to lose the fight, the, the same mob boss, uh his like dudes get shot with screwdrivers. Right before the uh the mechanic comes in like that, his two girls that were previously just packing coke into his mouth, they just were like, go bye, bye. <laughs> and they just leave and they just fuck but off I, and leave. I, oh, yeah, I also like that there was like there was no pause in between um the the mechanic going i want to see him win and then these mob guys just coming in and going <laughs> no <laughs> we gotta, we gotta punch your gut like it just oh, yeah it we just don't happens immediately and i think i prefer that because there's no setup yes. where the mob boss is like what did you say to me he just crumples it and the guys walk in and just start punching him in the gut yep. it's so <laughs> like just, yeah, he just let him, him win once no that's not how this works <laughs> i'm gonna kill you now <laughs> absolutely not no that's the opposite of what we do here <laughs> I think I think this is the I, I still don't know what to really call this version of anime, but there is a weird subgenre for me where the world just assumes you'll get on board. And that's like maybe one of the big takeaways for me on this movie is that it does not explain things. And this is a perfect example where it's just like, oh, yeah, the mob boss apparently has a, like a signal to his two goons that whenever he gets angry about a crumpled check, it's time to come out and whoop ass on whoever's in front of him. Like th no one would speak that. But like you have to get on board with that because that's what happens. So like you either just accept that that's the truth in this world or you just, you know, try to question it and not have a good time. And they never explain that stuff. And it's it's obvious. It feels good when you're watching it. Um, but I, I guess I just love how little it explains. And it just it just trusts the 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 viewer to 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 be smart enough to do it. To figure it out. And to to its credit, those two guys get just enough screen time before they die for me to almost get invested in them, like in a good way. Me too. Like, yeah. Like they get just enough time where they're not just like you know, some of the robo world, um, like minions, uh, they have like just enough character where they come in and say, Hey, we don't want to do this. It's just our job. And they get like 30 seconds, but that's enough for me to go, Oh man. And then when old mole man shoots him, it's like, Oh, that like, it felt, it oh, had no, weight shit. to it at that point. It wasn't yeah. just two random guys. It was like, Oh, he killed like the mob boss's henchman. Oh, he killed the mob boss. Okay. There we go. Uh, that's a lot. So that I mean, was a lot so of So many, so many of these characters are likable because you know goofballs like this. Oh, yeah. It's just that they've been amped up to like 12. So like I know people that are wild like this that are probably good people, right? Like, you know, maybe not the mob boss guys, but like they sound like they're good people. You interact with them and they seem pleasant enough. And then like even you could get your ass up by and you're like, I don't know, man, I'm not angry. I think I might have been out of line. Like whatever. Like it's just it's just escalated. All these characters are lovable. Even the fucking bad cop. Like there's a cutaway scene where the evil cop guy is winning the race and you don't remember he's a cop because that only comes up like once and then there's a cutaway scene where it's just his entire squad of other cops that are like, Yeah, get him and then they just cut back. And you're like, Yeah, well what and the yeah, fuck and with that? the cop guy, when they're introducing two racers, they introduce the cop and they're like, This racer arrested these other two racers, but now they're still in the race and it's like, What what are we doing in this wacky world? <laughs> and then the two racers are just sitting there in the chair just silently and then right at the end, they just go, F you. And it just cuts away. 
so much of this fucking movie is so funny. I I had so I literally the first 15 minutes of this movie, I just did nothing but smile. Like I I wasn't even purposely doing it. I I only realized when my fucking cheeks started to hurt from smiling too much. It's just it's just so off the wall, yeah. but in logical ways. Uh, it's not like just random for the sake of random. It's it. There's setup. There's payoff. There's setup. There's payoff. It's, and it, the ran, it's, it's not wonderful. random. It's no. It's not. Jokes. I agree. It's not. It's, not yes. it's enjoyable because the people feel like people, even when they're aliens. Yeah. Everyone feels like a character that could exist. It's again the same problem over and over and over again. The problem with most anime has absolutely nothing to do with its settings or its material or its writing or anything. Well, it is its writing. But it has to do with the fact that the characters don't feel like characters. They feel like tropes that someone ordered off of Etsy or or (laughs) Wish.com. Like, I I want a protagonist off Wish.com, please. Like, uh, here's another black-haired bowl cut dude with the exact same personality. You like that? Love it. Nobody here is a cookie cutter. Nobody here is a trope. Nobody here is encompassed by one fucking offhanded word. You know, like there's no sundere. And when there is a character that does tropey or funny things, it's one aspect of their personality, not their entirety. I mean, that's true too. I I guess even the bad guys aren't one note. No, they're not. That's true. Yeah, because I mean, even, like, even the guy, even the guy that like gets stronger, the guy they left in the military, like head? you learn. Though, um, oh, oh, uh, Dezuda, yeah, even even yeah. him. When you first meet him, he's crying and fighting his buddy, and then you start to learn over time. It's like they all served in the military, and then I guess they left him behind because he's part of Robo World, and maybe they weren't. And it's not how important that they left him, but he feels betrayed. But then it's like once he starts beating them and catching up to them, then it becomes like he starts to feel friendship again. And he just wants to win the race to, like, prove to his friends that they shouldn't left him behind. Like, he he grows in a matter of, like, six scenes that he's in. Like, that's impressive. Because we don't – I mean, not even do we not just get anything like that in anime, but I also think that this goes above and beyond – a lot of other things in what it delivers, you know? Because a lot of times we'll come on here and say, well, you know, this just gave us above the bar, so is that why we like it? No, I think this gives you above the bar, but it sets a bar of its own, and I and I, I just want to give it the respect it deserves because it takes a lot of time to get you invested in every character that enters screen, yeah. and I think this is just wonderful. I mean, we, <clears throat> we get that out of Sanashi too, right? Like, <clears throat> she's on screen more, but she still does get growth, right? Like, you know, her lack of ability to, like, basically trust other people. It has to only be on her own. Um, Which, like, you know, I guess this is a little bit, like, stereotypical where, like, the man has to win for the woman kind of thing. But, like, grand scheme of things, I don't really mind it here. Because, like, they set up way earlier in the show that she wants to do it herself. She needs to handle it on her own. You know, everyone else that's a fucking goofball is just an amateur in her eyes. And it's like, no, we're all goofballs. We, like, let's, you know, we're allowed to rely on each other. Yep. I mean, even even the scene where, like, she finds out that JP, like, rigged a race early on. And, oh, like, yeah. later later she gets, like, kind of mad with him. And was in rigging any other this a- one. Yeah. In any, in any other <laughs> anime, she's like, oh, you bug, are you stupid? I'll give you a cold shoulder. But it just felt like a real experience. And he's like, hey, Zanashi. She just kind of looks at him. He's like, oh, you mad? She's like, no, just can't have any friends on, on the racetrack, you know? 
And he's like, ah. And then he just kind of leaves. But it, it felt more natural than the normal, yeah. like, ah, you're so stupid. It was like, oh, this is just two people, like, having a disagreement. And then they resolve it when their cars are flipped over. And he reveals that, you know, he'd do anything for his friend who saved his who risked his entire life just yeah. so that JP could drive. And that's cool. I, I don't know. It's just great story building. You know, and to back up your point, there's a there are interactions that you have every day where a normal response is a tepid one. And like that's something that anime suffers from is that I feel they they think their characters need to be uh definitive all the time and have one specific moral code that they're willing to yell about, and that's just kind of yeah, not how things work. They want them to be tropes. Right. Because it's so, easier to give somebody one thing that their character is, and then every time they're on screen, that's what they're doing. That's what it means to be one note. You, you're, you're a, it's yeah, like being in a chorus, true. and you only sing one note. Every time someone sees <laughs> you, you're singing it. That's what you do. So that you have like a, like a comic relief character, like C-3PO is one note. Every time he's on screen, he is doing the C-3PO thing. Sometimes that can be okay if, if it's used properly. Yeah, yeah. But what you right. can't have is your principal characters being one note. This just goes the extra mile of making all of its supporting characters fleshed out characters that are interesting. And the challenge of that is writing them so that they only have maybe 10, 15, 20 lines of real dialogue, but they have to be good characters. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. No, it's I mean it's very hard to do. I to be honest, I don't know if I could like nail all of the progressions of all of our main characters, but I think it is impactful that you are able to pick it up with how little you get to spend with them like sauna she like she has a more fleshed out arc so does jp right because like and, and so does uh frisbee um frisbee is the mechanic of jp sorry we didn't talk about him yet um like there are arcs here and the brevity with which we get them and still how impactful they are i mean it's it's really really impressive um so no. we haven't talked about this yet oh go ahead Oh, I was going to say, it also just goes to show you what, like, just well-written dialogue can do for a show, because I just feel like every scene that JP was in, in a regular anime, would just be overhyped, because he's the hero, but it's just yeah. like, when he's talking to Mole Man and Frisbee, and they're kind of arguing back and forth, it felt real, and he just kind of looks at Mole Man, he's like, hey man, come on, please let me drive his vehicle, and the guy's like, fine, if you want to die, it's up to you, but it just feels like... Now I know that they've known each other for a long time, even though I'm just being introduced to all three of them. Like, I know that they have a past together where they, they talk about it sort of, but they, they show it in how they speak to each other, how they kind of go back yeah. and forth at each other. But then, like, you know, JP also still really respects Mole Man or Man Mole. And he's like, yeah, like, can I please just drive the truck or the car that he wants me to drive? And he's like, I guess. And it's just like that feels good because they do a lot more showing than telling in this. And it's just I, always so good when you have someone who knows what they're doing and can give me a movie, which I'm supposed to watch, and then they show me things, which is like kind of what I'm supposed to be doing with a movie. I, I think there's a fair amount of uh, uh, I don't I don't know how to summarize this, but basically, like you can't make your friends do what you want them to do. Sometimes you just have to accept that they're going to do it, and that you kind of like need to love them regardless. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you get a fair amount of that in this which makes for good characters. So like, like Mole Man, right? Where he's like, yeah, I don't want you in this car, dude. And JP's like, right, but I'm going to ride. So, yep. you know, you either, either like do you it or either, don't, you, but like you it's You can either happening. make it as safe as possible, and I'm going to ask you to please do that, or 
you know, I'm still going to go out there and race in whatever I'm in right. because this is what I want. And you're right. right. He just kind of gives in because he respects his friend as a driver and he wants him to be happy. And, you know, it's it's worth it to – it's more worth to man mold to make the car safe and the best it can be than to just not do anything. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's also – I don't know. I, I guess I just kind of enjoy those arcs um, where it's, you know, you, you, you know that – both of you have too strong of an opinion, but it doesn't really matter what that opinion is. It probably, in fact, is that the opinion doesn't matter a lot. Right. It's very strong, but for like past injuries, and you can feel those injuries, but you decide to like set those things aside because you're like, nah, dude, you know what? That thing doesn't matter. I still love you. Fuck it, whatever. Let's just let's get the job done. Um, yeah. I mean, I could just I could go scene by scene in this movie and just tell you everything I liked about every single scene, because uh, the next one that comes up that isn't like a traditional anime was where the world famous like defender of the of Redline like walks into the bar and starts getting attacked by Dezuna, and then right yeah. before it looks like they might fight, all the windows break with water, which was a neat scene. But I then, thought it was his ship or something, but, but it wasn't. Yeah, but then Tin Man's just staring down at Volton. He's like, yeah, I mean, you saved your, your guy, but who's going to save you? And then JP comes out of nowhere like to kind of like be like, hey, frick off, guys. I hate all of you. But then he gets knocked out like mid-speech, so you don't actually have to deal with that whole monologue. Like yeah. uh, Things progress in a way that just makes sense for what's going on. Uh, it's just, frick, man, it was so enjoyable to rewatch it. God. Also, a good example of how characters have their convictions and there are penalties for those convictions. Like, JP, it does kind of make sense that he stood up there. Like, he's the guy that's like, dude, let's just fucking mellow out, you know? And, like, yeah, he's probably a little dumb for going up against eight guys with guns or whatever. And then he gets knocked out, and that's it. Like, I don't get a huge speech where somehow he ends up victorious. Like, he's not, he's a fucking driver. He's not a speech giver. Like, you, you have too much bravado. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> And he does, because he gets knocked out. It's great. It's great. Man, we haven't even talked about Funky Boy yet. Funky and he's Boy. Not, we did talk about even, Funky Boy. He's not even offended at, like, he, like the one the one fish man that comes into the restaurant after he drops the waiter's pants and, like, starts eating the food and goes, I would have had her for dessert if you want to let me. Ooh. Um, but he's like, he's like, oh, you're just a backup, or you're just a... A dropout, like a lucky racer, or whatever. He's like, uh, I prefer dropout racer, like or back. Yeah. I prefer back out ra- back backup up, racer. Back up, I think. And like yeah. he's like he's not mad that he got into redline that way. He's just happy to be there to be able to race. Like yeah. it didn't like he's not like that hero that would be so sad that he like lucked into it. He's like ah frick, or, cool. I'm in yeah, redline. And, and he's the kind of protagonist so fucking overly obsessed with their own yes. reputation and status yes. that they yep. get yes. ridiculously mad. Yeah, he's just like, frick, I'm here, let's or do it. Or somehow like, I just it would wanna... be like the point of their part. Like, oh, here comes the the guy with all the power in the known universe, the yeah, underdog. Yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. well, you don't right. know yeah. what that means, obviously. <laughs> and there's probably a, like, a fair amount of grace that every one of these characters, or not maybe not grace, but like gratefulness that every uh, character has here. Like JP is one of them for sure, where he's like, I'm just happy that I get to keep racing. Yep. Like if it wasn't for my buddy over there, I w- my racing career would have stopped right then and there. Yeah. So and, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, first would be great, but like, I get to race. So who cares? Like, doesn't yeah. matter. And a traditional protagonist wouldn't be fixing races, but also trying to sabotage his own fix because he can't not want to win. Like, he can't override that in his subconscious. So his friend has to plant a bomb in his car so that he doesn't screw things up. Because if you let him, he's just gonna win the race. And I think that's so cool. He's like, yeah, I mean. 
I don't want to take this dive, but if we're going to do it, you're going to have to make me. Yep. And he's like, okay. Yeah, which is fucking cool. Blow up your car. Yeah. And it's just so much fun because his passion is clear from like moment one when you meet JP. He just wants to win the race. And his friend just wants to see him, even though they're in a bad stitch with the mob. And then the mob's dead. And then it's like, let's do it. Hell yeah. Let's, let's see if JP can actually win one. So. Oh. Another example of trusting friends, by the way, right? Like knowing that his buddy, the mechanic, will sabotage his car, but like he wants to drive. So like, look, the chips on the table. I'm driving, and then the mechanic is like, yeah, I mean, chips on the table. Like we have to do this. So we both know what's coming, but like you know, neither of us are gonna say no. So we're just gonna do it. Yeah, um, and it's not like it's not like JP's like waiting till the day before the race and going under his car and taking off the bomb. You know, it's he knows it's there and he knows what he has to do for his friend, mm-hmm. and he has to do it that way because he can't change how he wants to win the race. Yeah, that's fucking cool. <laughs> this movie's amazing. It's yep. just so much fun to watch. Last night I watched it with most of my family. They seem to enjoy it, but it's just it's just such a wondrous world. And then the second time through, you just notice. Just every little small bit, and it's just it's it's just so funny, and I, I just uh, I love everything about. It. I don't. There's not a single like problem or character that really like irks me. And the only thing maybe someone might point out is, oh, well, you know, the bomb accidentally went off and propelled JP towards the finish. Oh, I just like, don't I, care. I do yeah, not I care. I don't care either. Like it's the one time where I feel like it kind of fits. It's not about the exactly Right, exactly. That's yeah, what I mean. Like, it, it fits. Like that, it, that, if someone ever actually came to us with that detail, I'd be like, dude, what movie were you watching? Yeah, like, what the fuck? What are we... Like, did you think he was going to lose? Like, <laughs> who cares how he wins? That's not the point. Oh, man. Oh, and then Tin Man and them using their oh, the, titanium the st- nitros. Yeah, whatever oh, those things the, were. The, oh, God. Awesome. What they call it? St- Steam light? Steel light? Steam, steam light. light. Yeah. yeah, steam, steam light, yeah. light. Yeah. And then they refer to it as like steam light, a titanium nitro. I don't know, but it was just, it was fun. Like it was like, hey, we both have one of these. You got the balls to use it because it's probably not going to end well for either of us. <laughs> yeah, it literally like, says, I don't right. need to use this. Yeah, Neither of us need yeah, to use this. It's not really about the race. It's just about like how far everyone. It's about the can fact that I perfected other. a machine that can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, and, you know, JP's car eventually just sheds off the, the shell that is the, whatever his car is. And it's just like a, a land speed car. And I just think that's hilarious. You know, like none of the, none of the rest of his car was oh there God, because yeah. he wanted it's to be a good shell. racer. He's just like, frick, this looks cool. <laughs> like if you don't see that scene and go, this isn't about racing. I don't know what to tell you, but his entire car fell off and his car became faster for it. Like I don't like not just because of weight, but because of aerodynamics. You went from a brick to a pencil, but yep. he wanted it to just be a, a brick because he wanted to look cool doing. Yeah, it. I, I I want this to be a Trans Am. Why, dude? That thing's like so old. Like we could yeah, do better than you. A Trans Am. I want it to be Shut a Trans Am. I want, I want a fucking Trans Am. How yeah, dare you, Christ? How dare you? Oh man! All right, Jay. Well, if you wanna, if you wanna start on your rant. Um, oh, hey, know. I got the perfect segue. Okay, because cool. I think I know where he's gonna go with it. Um, oh wow! Ooh, did you guys is... know? Okay. Did you know that this bombed in the box office? Yep. Because I did not know that, and I I found out that it took seven years for this to be made, and it took thirty million to make it, and it only made I think the number was seven or eight million once it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the exact. St- that I know about and for the end of the 
Sorry, the producer just posted the like thing where it turns into a Trans Am just to being a wedge, and that it's just gorgeous. But anyway, that that is, I assume, where uh, JW is going to go. Am I right? Oh, very related. Shoot. So okay, cool. There's actually, I think it's a documentary or something. Maybe it's just on the DVD that I have, or that I had. I can't find it right now. But uh, basically, um, the story of making this is related to what you said. Basically, so you said thirty million, right? A lot of people don't appreciate that. As far as anime goes, that's a bit expensive. But as far as movies go, that's dirt fucking cheap. Yeah. Think, think about like every movie that comes out that you watch, even ones that are super CGI heavy. 300, 400, 500 million. Avatar just came out. It's a billion. It's a billion fucking dollars. Uh, the wait, wait, was it a billion to make it or a billion? I billion thought it made a billion. Billion to make a billion to oh, yeah, make. Yeah, the, the, no, the new oh. the new Avatar they said I think would have to hit two billion to break even, which is <clears> making <throat> it and then advertising it and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh they have to hit God. two billion dollars to break even. Same so, yeah. with the, the Rings of Power TV show, a billion dollars. Well, that that second one's even more embarrassing. I'm not gonna so, lie, but yeah. To put this into God. perspective, you have to understand that, like I, I think I've said it before, anime tends not to actually fluctuate too much in its budget. For whatever goddamn reason, I will never know or understand, anime production companies don't make better or worse things, you know, on purpose with money. They make it with time. They'll have a production studio and they'll say, hey, guys, we're doing another isekai. I want you to put in your worst work. As far as I can tell, unironically, they will sit there and be like, this is the rush job. We're doing this. Fast, 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 fast. As best as you fucking can, as fast as you fucking can. I don't care as long as it's passable. And they will crank that shit out for like four or five million. Year after year, season after season. Just crank it, crank it, crank it. Because it's kind of like um, making, uh, what you call it, uh, reality TV. Cheap to make-ish, okay. but pulls in usually its weight no matter what. Because there's just enough reality TV fans out there that literally watch everything that comes out that you're like, doesn't matter what the fucking reality TV show is. Some people are watching it. We're going to make ads. We're going to make our money back. So you can crank it out as fast as fucking possible, and that's how we make our money. But every once in a while, an anime studio says, I want to make something good for a change. And they go, okay, here's the deal. Here's your same exact $5 million, and sometimes the exact same amount of time. But... We're going to pull in every single last favor that we've got over the last like five years of making shit. So you're going to get all the best talented people. You're going to get them all in a room. And then the, for these next like whatever, how long it makes, whatever, however long, you're going to just sit there and you're going to make this like a beautiful, wonderful thing that you all want to make. Red line is a little bit different. A red line is supposed to be a throwback to an old method of anime production, which is cell. I, I think calling it cell shading is wrong, but like literally, like I don't think it's cell shading. Old but form yeah, animation where you took a physical piece of paper or like a laminate, I guess, and you would draw on it, and then you would layer those things on top of other things. Cells meaning that like sometimes you would have a layer that is just one, like in, almost a pixel. You know what I mean? Because if anything moves, some things that aren't moving are going to stay the same. Some things do, whatever. Point being is that it's manual. These Every single frame of Redline was hand-drawn and hand-animated in the sense that every single thing was drawn. There was no computers like automatically, digitally copying things over and over again. 
Everything was hand-drawn. Everything was meshed together, which means that just there needed the, to be an insane level of manual precision in order for anything to look right. I was going to say, just to, just to build on that for people that don't know, it says it took over 100,000 hand-drawn frames yes. to make Jesus. this film. 100,000 Yes. Hand-drawn frames, yes. just to kind every of punctuate what he's talking about. Being full of life and color, every single one being full of personality and drawn by someone with real serious talent. And not just talent, but talent in an industry that had all but died already. Because hand-drawing things was already dead when they had started making this in the early 2000s. Seven I mean, years later, it was like Turbo. song? Yes, I have said that. It, and I believe oh, okay. they say I, it in the documentary, too. It's like, th this is the swan okay. song of traditional animation because it's the last time anyone was ever going to do it with any kind of money, and it still has because God knows that despite it being $30 million, maybe like normal movie budget cost, what it cost was the talent of a bunch of people that probably just don't work anymore. You can't make this anymore because those people just don't exist. That, that form of animation, that form of production is, is not around. It would never get $30 million, and even if it did, those people wouldn't be there anymore, and it wouldn't look as good. But this is the kind of thing that made Akira. Same, same traditional design. Same with um, yeah, right. uh, the original run of uh, uh, Evangelion 2, I believe, was traditionally animated. And it has a uh, style yeah. to it. You can visually see it. You can tell when it's granular and hand-drawn as opposed to when it is digital because... Every single little alias, every single little mistake almost, every single little deviation from a norm is somebody's hand mistake rather than a computer digital alias. Uh, for example, in the GIF that we got right now here in the chat, you can see the wheels spinning. They are not aliasing in a consistent motion. Um, the frames will drop. Certain things will spin backwards, spin the wrong way. If a computer did that, because for those who don't know, alias is a term for a visual uh, glitch, which is if something's moving faster than what I guess you could call the frame rate of your eye, um, it'll look like it's doing something different than it is. So like if you spin a oh, wheel yeah, fast enough... it's like enough, the helicopter blade And thing. it's got spokes. After If you spin it fast enough, it'll look like it's spinning backwards. It'll look like it stops spinning. That's all because the rotations of the thing are moving so fast, your eye can't keep up. And as a result, you're seeing something other than what is real. Someone is hand-drawing this, which means that they're basically just desperately trying to make it look like it is uh, what it should be. So, Gotcha. Th this, is, um, th this is a traditional animation. It's way more time-consuming. It theoretically is more expensive, though, again, it doesn't seem like, like, again, $30 million. That's fucking chump change. There are actors that cost $30 million, as far as I can understand. Like, if you hire RDJ for an entire, like, year-long shoot of another Avengers movie, you're probably spending almost 30 goddamn million. Maybe. I don't know. But whatever. Like, that, that's fucking nothing compared to a normally $500 million picture. Yeah. So. And um, just yeah. to, if you, if you would mind, Jay, just to punctuate um, uh, other ones of your points, I was looking into... Uh, the implementation of this. It says that most shows like across the world basically stopped being hand-drawn between 2000 and 2004 mm -hmm. and that the longest holding show to maintain hand-drawing was something called Saze-san, which is just, yeah. uh, you know, it has 2,640 episodes, Japanese, whatever it is. And that held out to 2013, but basically other than that, nothing made it past, 
you know, 2004, 2005, like everything just started switching over, which is incredible that this, so I guess this really started production in 2002 when everything was being switched over and it, it took seven years up until 2009 for it actually to be produced. And I, it's just a crazy story. And I, you know, what else do you call it besides a swan song? You know, because mm-hmm. yeah. it truly is. You know, I, I'm on this website called The Numbers, which uh, talks about, like, movie and TV budgets. And it has, apparently, fucking every single movie ever made by its budget and how much money it made, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to just compare to other movies that were made in 2010. Um, at the top of the list, for perspective, there's shit like Inception. Um, and I was like, okay, well, that's, like, a lot of money, right? So, like, that's not really a fair comparison. So I went all the way down to like thirty thousand, or excuse me, thirty million. I don't know any of these movies. The only movie I even get close to knowing, um, that's right, The Warrior's Way. I th- isn't The Warrior's Way the the one with like? Oh no, that's not even the right one. I thought that was a Nick Nolte movie. Um, so mm. The Social Network was made for forty million dollars, and like, there's no animation in that. That's just people. Um, Get Him to the Greek was made for forty million. Um, Predators was made for forty million. I mean, that's actually kind of this impressive. is a cheap mid range movie. It's not like a five ten million dollar horror movie indie movie, but like it's yeah. it's just the one step above that. And I know and, uh, that most non like ultra expensive anime movies probably do come in around the five to ten million dollar range. And and cool. just so just so we're all aware, um, and I was thinking this, I didn't say it out loud, but you mentioned the second Avatar movie. The first Avatar movie came out at the end of two thousand nine. And that had a budget yeah. of of some estimated up at three hundred and ten million for production and one hundred and fifty for promotion. So yeah. back total in the budget day, of like, that was the and that was the impossible number. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just doubled and tripled now. Yep. Yeah. Because now the the new Avatar is like a production budget of two billion. If you think about it, which is five, four times as much. That's insane. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm still just getting floored by all these numbers here. Like I I know I'm just rolling up through the 2010s to see like how many. Okay, here's one: Scott Pilgrim versus the World was 85 million, and like Scott Pilgrim has you know legitimate things that needed like CGI work or animation, but it's obviously still just people. Yeah. So like, I that 30 million number. I'm so glad you brought this up, Jay, because it. That it's a whole new perspective. Thirty million dollars is not that much for for a movie this long, and particularly for how all of it was traditionally animated. I, I mean, it's a shame that it bombed as much as it did. I feel bad for the people that made it. Um, I mean, obviously, it got its like you know due later on because people recognize it as good. But the fact that this is not lauded as just some of the best things that come out of anime, um, and then sorry, lo- I'm sure it's lauded by people like that. I'm saying like put on the pedestal it deserves. Like, this is the thing you should be aiming for. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is what Gurren Logon has been chasing since Gurren Logon, and they have never found it again. Yeah, when, when I know, ask like, people what their favorite anime is, instead of hearing Death Note, I really should just be hearing Redline. Like, yeah. no, no offense to Death Note, but Redline is just everything that anime needs to be, but we're just at a point in time where... You know, I like Sword Art Online. That's probably my favorite. Especially for all these people who pretend that, like, great animation is the whole reason they're watching someone. All these people who will be like, oh, I I don't even, I don't even look at, you know, uh, the characters, music, all that shit. You know, whatever, I guess. I care about the, the animation quality. Well, where are you? I don't, I don't see you here. 
Yeah, and not only does it look better, but you also just need to give it credence that it's all hand-drawn. Like, I don't... Like, even if you take away, like, whoa, it's hand-drawn, like, it just looks better than a lot of this other animation. And you're right, the fact that no one's coming out of the woodworks to be like, oh, Redline was really good. It's like, how are you not? Where do you... So it just proves to me that you don't like the art for the skill that it took to make it or the way it looks. You just... I don't know well, what yeah, like, like. What are you here for? Well, yeah, what, 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 what are what you is, here for? What Probably is the, the soundtrack. Eight out of ten. Loved the score. <laughs> Whole anime garbage. Eight out of ten. Loved it. Mal. That's a Mal review. I, I mean, this is. I think this is just further proof of the shit that we've always thought, which is like the anime community doesn't understand how to evaluate art. And like, I'm not even saying that I'm particularly good at this. Like, I think I do okay at best. But like, if you are not putting red line in the top like whatever i don't even pick a number any top list you're making for just beauty as well as like tight storyline if this is not quintessential anime to you what is because i think you and i are watching two different genres well i I think that i would go a step further i don't even think it's an inability to really understand or engage with art i think it is a willful like ignorance and straight up lie because I really do believe that, like, if you show this to most people, they're gonna be like, "I loved it, I absolutely loved it." It yes, was like my I, I favorite thing agree. I've seen. They, the problem is yeah, short attention fair. span and hype trains. Because at the end of the day, every mm. single anime fan I actually know says the exact same goddamn thing. Well, I just watch like whatever comes out, and the the reality is that they they probably if they haven't seen Redline, like that's a travesty. But most of them probably have, and some of them have even heard of it. The issue yeah, is true. that when they go back and talk about their favorite anime, they literally only remember the things they've seen in the last two years. And they forget <laughs> them just as quickly. It's just yeah. the, the, com- the way that this commodity is consumed is has zero actual respect for the people who make it. And like that's the best way I can put it. And I can't think of a better example than like Berserk and its author dying sad and alone of like, completely treatable issues that he got from overworking. Like that's, that's the reality. Everyone who works in this industry is being just fucking milked dry. And every single fan of this community just wants nothing more than to idly sit by with their mouth open and let it all just trickle into their face. They don't seem to have any real value for anything that they watch over any other thing. They'll just be like, oh, another shitty isekai about having a slave MILF harem? Great. Show it to me. Another anime that was $30 million, took seven years to make it as a swan saw, an entire production company, an entire way of life? Cool. Great. Uh, another anime that is actually a licensed Star Wars product to six different studios and made six shirts? Awesome. I love it. Uh, what's this? Uh, a picture of a guy animated farting on a snare drum for two and a half minutes? Love it. Great, let's do it. Give me more, I guess. Another shonen. This is the best shonen I've seen all year. What's this? Another shonen. This is the best shonen I've seen all year. They're fucking. They're Commander Shepard in the Citadel. This is my favorite shop, and every single goddamn <laughs> shop is playing the advert. They're all playing the same advert. I, you know, I'm just staring at this list of how much money we've spent on movies and like obviously we're railing against anime and every once in a while we have to make the this comment which is fuck the West too um, 
because like I'm just looking at how much money gets spent on some of the worst movies, and I'm like, how was uh, if I wasn't radicalized before this, I certainly am now. Like, do you guys know what currently is the highest production? And don't include Avatar because Avatar hasn't come out yet. I don't think they released the budget. The currently highest production budget. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. It's between Avatar and the other one, right? I guess Avengers Endgame. And then, like, half of these are Marvel movies in the top 100. And then the other half are, like, Michael Bay films. There's, like, a James Bond one in here. All three of the Hobbits are in here. Um, Hobbits make sense. The the Hobbits make sense, but, like, what are you spending? I mean, this is now just an indictment of, like, you know, the capitalist form of art, right? Where, like, Mm -hmm. what are you spending your money on? Because if we could get Redline at $30 million and it is all hand-drawn... And that's and, and you're saying that with two hundred million dollars all the way up to four hundred million dollars, the best we can do is like Tenant, because like Tenant's in this list, and that's mm-hmm. an actual good I, movie. Honestly, all like, you really need to point out is that all of these were made in the last five years, pretty much. Yeah, it's not all of them, but yeah, most but like, of them. At the end of the day, like it's just an inflation at this point. It is within the last like decade, for the most part. Um, there mm-hmm. are some from like 2009, like, but they're ones that you would expect. So, for instance, like Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen is in here. Not really that surprised about the, the oldest one in here is that I can see at least quickly is Titanic, which mm-hmm. like I get that one. That's fine. I can understand why Titanic was fucking expensive. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a point to that. Fucking Prince of Persia: Sands of Time was 200 million dollars. That thing was well, trash. To, to even kind of put other things in perspective, like at least with anime, that $30 million was going towards people drawing 100,000 yeah. frames, right? Yeah, like when actual you look at, Then you look at a movie like uh, The Fellowship of the Ring, which just used a lot of actors in 2001, only $93 yeah. million, but it went to Jesus. a lot of like live shots. Yeah, that labor. was the point labor, of it. Labor, labor. Yeah, then you get into Endgame, and you're like, I'm just paying money for these actors to keep showing up Yeah, because most yeah. of this is green screened because we can't actually make aliens that float through the sky and kill people so i'm just paying chris hemsworth and robert Downey jr like you know 30 million a piece just to be in this movie and that's where most of my budget's going and it's just astounding and unfair to people that know how to make good movies you know what's also unfair about this is so many of these still made a lot of money like there are very few in here that like went tits up like mulan did uh tomorrow war did but like other than also two hundred two hundred million dollars for Tomorrow War, are you kidding Ooh. me? Yeah. Anyway, that was um, the exactly. it's Tomorrow War. That's the one with Tom Cruise, right? No, no, you're no. That's the good one. I I'm thinking of um the the one with God damn it, I'm looking at his face right now, but I can't think of what his name is. Uh, oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, that, yeah Chris that's Pratt. Who it Thank is. you. That's it. Sorry, you're right. It's just on the poster. They like the other the one, movie. tomorrow, the edge of tomorrow. That's actually like a fun yeah, movie. That, I had yeah, a good yeah, time yeah. with that. Yeah, one. That's, yeah um, that's on me. But okay. like, so but so many of these still made money. Like I'm looking at Green Lantern. It cost 200 million. It made 116 domestically. It made 219 internationally. So like by any measure, that's a 50 percent markup on what you put in. Like your investment paid you 50 percent. That's the reason why we keep seeing these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is the movie 2012? Oh, that's the like the world is coming apart movie. That thing yeah, apparently also, was 200 you know, million. The day after tomorrow, you know, like the same movies. Eternals made like three times the amount of money that was put into it, and that movie was terrible. 
2012 made five times the amount of money that was put into it. God, I mean, obviously, fuck capitalism, but Jesus Christ. All right, I'm done. I yep. obviously sorry. I've ruined the thread. I I just can't. I, I this this. I'm being radicalized by a fucking. All right, we're gonna scroll back to top. Scroll down and let Jay yeah. continue. It's it's <laughs> like honestly, it's kind of just the end of the conversation because you you watch again like you watch like the special features on this DVD and you just see a bunch of people who are really having the same problem. I imagine many people who work in Hollywood are having. Nobody wants to make Moonfall. Nobody wants to make you know fucking whatever that Chris Pratt shit was. I I already forgot the name. Tomorrow yeah, tomorrow war. war. I they literally make, could not remember. I forgot what it again already. <laughs> yep. The point <laughs> is, is that like nobody wants these things. They're making them because somebody who owns the rights to it thinks that they'll make some money back. They're filling. They're filling a spot. They're probably more or less laundering money. The reason that movies have gone up in expense almost you know three hundred percent in the last ten years probably has something far more to do with people, you know, basically using the business as a cash printer more than anything else. But at the end of the day, you know, like think about it this way. Someone made a movie for $2 billion and movie theaters are dying. How does that make any sense? Yeah. That's a, that's a, it doesn't make any fucking sense as a business move. It makes zero sense. This is clearly motivated by something else as well, but whatever doesn't really matter. Point is, is that anybody working with this thing probably just doesn't give a shit. We know about the horrible working conditions of CGI people uh, for like Marvel movies. It's the same problem everywhere. The difference is, is that you would think at the very least the people who claim to care the most about movies are going to be vocal about these things. The people who care the most about movies, American Hollywood movies, if we're just being specific, they care about the $2 million indie movies. They care about productions. They care about the fact that there's a, a goddamn union in charge of how and why you get paid working on a movie studio. Maybe they're the reason that something costs $500 million to make, but you damn well know that the key grip is making more money than I do. You know, At the very least, even if it is just an overinflated money printer, the people getting that money, thanks to that union, or at least in some way... The people who are making it, not just the people yeah, but who funded it. But the point is, is that like all those people, they hate their fucking jobs. They hate the shit that they do ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I also once in doubt a while, that they are making anywhere near as much as like. I mean, the producers are the ones that are making. No, 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 no. At, proportionally, of course not. They're not making the same amount. I just mean that they're at least getting something of a cut. Whereas, you know, oh. without the union, they'd be making probably pennies. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Either way, you. more important point is that, like, every once in a while, somebody makes a movie that they care about. Like, Robert Eggers gets to make a movie every once in a while. And somebody funded Robert Eggers' big-budget movie, the Viking one, that we already knew no one was... It was not going to make its money back. Oh, are you, are you talking about Northman? Yeah, Northman. Oh, my God. I was just looking at that the trailer. Right. Like, I feel like a this wonder- is going to be too much of my time. Is it A wonderful seen movie. It? Yeah, it's okay. great. Oh, okay, cool. It's Robert okay. Eggers. Everything he Good. makes is great. It's just that okay. this was like probably four or five times the cost of his normal movie. And like at the end of the day, you they, everybody knew it wasn't going to make its money back. So a producer with a lot of money said, you know what? I like movies. I like Robert Eggers. I want to see what Robert Eggers makes when I give him three times more budget. Was it better? Yeah, a little bit. Was it five times better? No. But whatever. That's fine. And this is what Redline is for me. This is a bunch of people who are like, hey, look, we've got all this money. We've been grinding. 
what the fuck was the point of all this grinding if we're not going to make something we actually care about every once in a while? So here it is. All I need other people to do is just appreciate it for that. That making something, when, some, when people make something they care about, it's better. It's just always better. I mean, yeah, sure. And even, and even to its credit, at least the first one, but kind of all three of them, it goes back to the Expendables, um, where, you know, that was basically just um, Sylvester Stallone getting a bunch of his buddies together saying, hey, we're all going to make $2 million and that's it. We'll take the same cut just so that we can hang out for six months and make a movie that's just basically just action porn, just have a fun time. And that's all it turned out to be. It was just a fun movie with a bunch of like heavyweights just doing it. And, and that was it. And, you know, it's not on the same level as Red Line, but the point of it is is that you're right. When you get people in a room that actually just want to make a good movie and are willing to take the time and potentially the, the money cut or whatever it is to make it because that's what they want to do, it can turn out really good. And Red Line is, to my knowledge, probably the best example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, um. Yeah, all right, producer is poking us to ask if it's at the top of the list now as number one. Oh, 100% in my mind. I, yeah, dude, I'm fine with that. Oh. Um, I mean, like, Jay, Ghost in the Shell. want to talk us down? Yeah, no. I, oh, yeah. I'm, I am perfectly fine with this being new number one. Um, right now, what do we have in number one? Oh, I got a big orange cat on my desk. Uh, we have, I got to scroll down. Mm, Why isn't it? Right, right now, we These got, are the uh, questions. <laughs> Hold on. So, oh, what? Michelle's number forever. one, Gankutsuo's number two, Initial D's number three, Odd Taxi's number four. I am perfectly yep. fine with Redline being number one or number two. Um, I personally, like, yeah, no, I, I think Redline should be number one. It's got to be number one somewhere. I mean, I would hope you would you would put it number one. You've been touting yeah. this as your favorite anime movie it's, of all time. It, anime movie, 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah, but this is a list of anime movies and anime. So, out of all of these, do you think even just an anime, anything gives Redline a run for its money right now? Oh, not really. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, now, can something when Hajime no Ippo or Helsing or Paranoia Agent come into play? Maybe, but Maybe. for right now, I feel like Redline tops I mean, the I, chart. I, I think that Red. So, like, Redline is the initial. Uh, this I'm gonna get so much hate. Okay, so. Mike, you and I were fine with Initial D moving up because, like, it was quintessential of, like, okay, this is an anime. Uh, at least those 12 episodes, like, this is... If every anime looked like this, I would be okay with people liking this style. Um, Redline feels like that for me with Ghost in the Shell, or as compared to Ghost in the Shell, where it's like, Ghost in the Shell is really good, and it was tight, and I enjoyed it. Um, Redline, I just enjoyed so much more, even though, like, the, the nuance and the maybe the the underlying themes weren't as strong or as impactful. It was just so fucking fun yeah. and yeah. so pretty at the same time. And, you know, it, it also is emblematic of the okay. industry in ways that I really like, um, which I think just bumps it up. Yep. It's kind of where I stand mm -hmm. on it. I just yep. second time through. Yep. Second yep. time through. I just felt yep. like it was just better. Yep. 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 Uh, better than, then when I watched it the first time, and I think that's a, a good mark for a movie. Is, yeah, I think that's a great mark. Know, I liked it more, and I'll remember more about it this time, and I'm just happy about that. And I'll watch it again in a couple of years, and I'll probably like it even more. And so 
That's just uh, that's just a lot of fun to know, and you don't really get that with anime, you know. Uh, you know, the, you only have so many movies that you can rewatch so many times, and I feel like Redline is like mm-hmm. the top of that, or like one of the top of that for me. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, one I of could, the other ones right is now. I watched it the other night, but it's just a personal favorite. Would be like you know the Disney Robin Hood, but that holds like a nostalgic place in my heart. Right. Redline is just actually a good movie that I would recommend to anybody, you know, and that. I would hope they would get the same experience I got out of it. Your child is going to sleep. There's right. so much we haven't covered in Redline too, and like I don't even want to belabor it because like at this point, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, just go fucking watch it. Like I, it's only an hour and forty five minutes long. Just watch the goddamn thing. Like we barely talked about Funky Boy. We didn't talk about Colonel Volton like seducing a data monster and giving up his body to go fight funky boy. Also, by the way, another character arc for a character that basically doesn't matter at all. We're like, Oh yeah, he just orders people around and like, he's the head of the military. He won't go fight. He gives up his entire body to like protect the state. But and then like, still I stays just... true to himself and says, go kill those racers. Like, yeah, that's right. But that's yeah. what I mean. There's Fucking so many awesome. moments <laughs> that we could talk about. But like, just go watch the movie. That's really just what I want watch from this. It. It's Anyone so listening to this, good. please just go turn I... on Redline now if you haven't already. This is exactly how I bet it feels for other people when I tell them I haven't seen most of the Ghibli movies. I know they're good. You know, I'll eventually get there. And then people get like real upset with me when I haven't seen them. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure they're good. It's probably not going to change my life, though, to see these movies. Whereas like Redline is so fucking incredible. Like if there's someone that likes anime and genuine and, and especially if they like something like Gurren Logon, where like the whole point is the hype. If you haven't seen Redline, or or worse, if you've seen it, you don't like it that much, you're fucking something up. Um, I think that you like something else about those hype animes that isn't the hype. Something has gone wrong, because Redline is, it's just quintessential. Like, what could it be, genuinely? I, I don't know. It's actually it's just the hype. I think I think I think that's literally what it is. Yep. People like getting hyped about things. They like that Even the guy who like, wrote it is, is more than this. Keeps putting Star Wars references in it. There you go. Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just trying to think about like what anime even gets more hype than what this did too. Because like the uh, only thing that I can even compare it to would be Gurren Logon, and like much. I think this is probably better than Gurren in some regards, at least for like the hype train, like. I guess they're different. One takes like a while to build, and that's good because like you, you have to build things up. But like it, that's the only real perspective that that I can see on this. Like if if you only like hype and you don't like Redline somehow, I I don't know where. Maybe you got dropped as a kid. I don't know. Something. I red. I don't know. Hey, maybe Red you Line's got dropped yesterday. Fucking good. We don't know. Maybe you we got. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't judge. If you want to drop, like you know who do it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that that was just good. Um, now the question is: Is can we go up from here? Uh, Redline, an interesting seventh well, choice. We're gonna uh, watch Chainsaw Man, which obviously yeah. must be better because you know, you know, you know obviously this is about a hype up. show, and people <laughs> say it's so good. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This will be a good test, to be honest, yeah, uh, to put Chainsaw Man right after Redline, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, this is this is what the people want is Chainsaw yep. Man. We and wanted Redline. From- the people have told us Chainsaw Man is amazing. So I know very little of Chainsaw right. Man. And like yeah, I, I've, I've, I've been mostly away. spoiler I've free. Yep. Stayed away. I mean, I don't see. I'm one of those people that I don't really mind spoilers, or I could learn about Me the either. ending of a movie and not really care yeah. because I just I enjoy the process of watching the movie. Yep. So people are like, why are you spoiling that? It's like because that doesn't actually ruin the movie for me. I, I still like to see how it unfolds and I what feel takes like place. Half the time, spoilers like just either do nothing, and sometimes they just make it a little better. 
Yeah. So, I, there's actually a, a study on this, by the way, because I, I used to make the case that I wanted to be spoiler free. And Steve was like, you know, do whatever you want. But people that get like offended by spoilers, it's kind of dumb because generally people will have more enjoyment because they get to see things unfold if you have the spoilers before. Yeah. And uh, ever since he told me that, like, I, there are some things I want to be spoiler free like this. Like, I want to walk into this as, as clean as I can. But like, generally speaking, I don't care anymore. Just it re reestablish the way I watch things where yep. the point isn't to be surprised. The point is to like process the thing you're being given. Um, like, you know, why is it you feel the way you do when you get there? It's yeah. not just a hype train for the sake of hype. And mm-hmm. like, even if you have movies like, you know, like knives out, like a murder mystery, like, well, just don't tell me who did it. Like, what's the point? And there's some credence to that, but also like, yeah, yeah. what if I did tell you who did it? And then you went into it and now you get to look for everything that points yep. in that direction. Yeah. Like, can you figure it out as it happens? That's yep. a really fun way to watch a movie. You know, it is nice to be surprised, but if I get spoiled, I just enjoy it in a different way, but I don't lose any enjoyment from it. Yeah. I mean, that was and the I funny thing about get... knives out is that. Like you were pretty much told who done it right from the beginning, to an extent. Yeah, hmm. I yeah, and then they and then you know they tried to you know misdirect, and I get that. But yeah, if you just if you take it at face value and you just believe what they tell you in the beginning, and then you just watch the whole thing, and it turns out that it was right, you're like, yeah, but still, that was really cool how they for did that, that. To not be true. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I guess maybe a summary of how I feel on it is if the only thing you're doing to watch media is to be surprised, I think you're probably doing it wrong. And that's yeah. not even like, I'm not even angry about that. That's just like, there's more that you can get from any media than just simply an ending. Like that's, that, that seems like a weird objectivist way of processing art. Uh, that's, that's not you really know, so, the point. Sort of as, as cliched as is, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. I mean, I think that applies yeah, to yeah. like a lot of these things is like, you should enjoy the movie and not just be so like ready for it to end and have that be yeah. what your what your linchpin is for this whole thing because you could be disappointed but if i tell yeah. you the ending of the movie and then you just sit back and you watch how it all unfolds i don't know i feel like people can enjoy it more but and that's yeah. just me or us no that's that's a good take yeah i, I like that yeah. all cool right, well, good capper guys this this was great so uh next week chainsaw man and we'll see We'll see. We'll see who's right, us or we the will. people. We um, will see. In which case, <laughs> but then, bottom three weeks: Hajime no Ippo, Paranoia Agent, Helsing Ultimate, the movie, movie, this movie, is movie, 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 movie. Yeah, um, maybe. So I wonder what the budget for Helsing Ultimate was. It's like ten movies, so that'll be interesting. I don't know. I'll take a look. <laughs> hey, you can look it up right now. Uh, yeah, no, don't on. do it. We'll right. see you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> You gotta go, brother. You gotta go. Inkiba! <laughs>